0: Welcome to the Climate of Joy podcast, Reclaiming Joy and Healing in the Climate Emergency. Hi, I'm Christine, your host. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional and unceded territory of the Lekwangan peoples and the Esquimalt, Songhees, and Waisenich First Nations. Recognition and respect for these people's past, present and future presence and caretaking of this land is essential to reconciliation. As a settler, I want to honor and thank the original peoples of this territory and also recognize that my presence here is a result of European colonization that has had devastating impacts for the original peoples of Turtle Island. Today's topic is about finding joy and healing in the midst, not only of a climate emergency, but also a health emergency, because that happens uh, to many of us, whether to us ourselves or to loved ones, and it recently happened to today's guest. Let's jump right in. so uh, hello to our listeners. Thank you for joining us. My guest today was my guest on the last podcast, is my good friend, energy healer, and all-round really amazing, intuitive, and a gift to the world, Sandra Boatman. And here we are. We weren't expecting to record another podcast quite so soon together. Um, But when we were chatting yesterday, we touch base once a week uh, to check in with each other, do some energy work together and that sort of thing. It came up that you now have a date for a medical procedure that seemed far off into the future and now it's suddenly uh, six weeks away in June. And this is I'm just laying the groundwork. You can describe it better in your own words, I'm sure. But it's kind of set you in a bit of a tailspin. And uh, I thought it would be really helpful to share with our audience that as energy healers and intuitives and people who are interested in planetary healing as well as personal healing, we can still have, I don't know, struggles. Because, indeed, yes, yes, and I and I just want to say for myself, I'm doing Climate of Joy podcast not because I'm joyful all the time, but because I'm looking for joy and healing and meaning in the climate emergency. So I just want to make the point that we are not here as an example to everybody about how to be, but rather to share what's meaningful for us and what gives our life meaning and and just what insights we have. So, Sandra, what else do you want to share with our audience?
1: Well, I think to start with, I'd like to uh, hope that this might help other people as well. Um, my experience uh, experiences I'm going through now, they, they feel very, <laughs> they've knocked me backwards. They've made me feel like a victim, which I'm always thinking I would never like to be. Um, And yet it's surprising how something quite minor to other people will, as you said to me, put me into a tailspin. So I'll just give a little bit of background. I'm going to be having an ablation, a cardiac ablation on both sides of my heart at the same time. It's called a double ablation. So I have atrial fibrillation on the right side and I have atrial clutter on the left side. And I'm in love with synchronicities and coincidences. My first attack which was the atrial fibrillation was on May the 11th of 2021. And a year to the day, (laughs) I ended up in hospital um, on a cruise ship, actually, having atrial flutter uh, and nearly being shocked back to life on May the 11th, 2022. I spoke to the consultant on June the 9th last year who said I needed an ablation. He said it would be a year. So I'm having it done on June the 9th this year. <laughs> I, you know, he may be very good with his crystal ball, excuse the expression, but um, it's, it's all very synchronistic. We've had a lot of strikes over here in the UK, um, junior doctors, nurses, ambulance workers. Our NHS is in a bit of a state. And I thought and rather hoped, I have to say, that my procedure would be pushed back. I rang up to find out how it was doing and they joyfully put me not only on the list but then they sent me the next day they sent me an appointment and unfortunately you're like, darn, yes i, know, did, darn. I why did why I
0: did i call them why did i call them up
1: yes why did i bother
0: <laughs> and, I, and i just want uh, to fill in for those of us who don't have a lovely british accent that nhs stands for national health services it's service
2: yes With service singular, yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah so that's sort of the medicare uh, that system or it is not sort of, it is the Medicare system that Britain has. And also a consultant is what uh, some physicians are called in the uh, UK.
1: Right. Okay. So different terminology. Yes, we have consultants They're at the top of the tree, uh, as far as doctors go. Anyway, um, the, the background to me is that I was nursing, uh, like Christine, when I first started out my career, and I carried on nursing until I was well, it was 1996 when my mum died, and then I thought, well, that's enough of that. Um, and I carried on with my other careers. I took up the um, complementary and alternative therapies at that time and started to get into what has now become the energy work. But obviously, my nursing stayed with me. I have had many deaths in my time. Um, I have found people dead from heart attacks. My, my ex-husband I found on the floor.
0: So this uh, someone, isn't just in your nursing career, but you no, no, know, no, this is personal as well. Yes, this is
1: personal as well. Uh, I watched another partner of mine actually arrest and they tried to resuscitate and they failed. And my dad, I witnessed and I was with my dad when he died from heart failure. And all of these have come racing back um, front and center suction cup to my face with this procedure, which many, many people have told me, yourself included, Christine, is quite standard and nothing to worry about, although the double part of it is a little bit more to worry about. My consultant said, you know, it is something to worry about with that. It's not quite as straightforward, but it's a day procedure. And theoretically, I should be fine. I, the bottom has dropped out of my world. My emotions have gone, I've got so many emotions, I can't even label them. But the, the main thing for me, I, I created a program called Heed, which is to help or heal the emotional effects of disease, which I have actually um, trialled on people because I believe that the stress response is very damaging to anything you've already got. I'm now the guinea pig for that because it's completely flattened my energy. It's destroyed my thinking. I can't think clearly, and I realize. I'm, I'm a prime example of somebody who has received news that perhaps isn't that important, but has has a huge meaning to them. And I need to deal with it. And my, I, I'm going to make myself a guinea pig. And I'm going to, I have I've created a book of techniques, um, using all the techniques I know, pulling them together. And I'm listing out all of the emotions, these this terrible grief, I've got this absolute terror of dying on the table you see I know too much (laughs) and um, I know that one of the outcomes can be death it can be to have a stroke and when I was nursing my second ward I've been to an all girls grammar school which is a you know just an all girls school I went straight into nursing and on my second ward I was on a what they then called a psycho geriatric ward full of ladies who were less than all there had uh, victims of stroke and dementia and all sorts of other things they sort of just put them there it's a geriatric ward and the scars remain to this day of of how people with strokes are and I was 18 and I had no experience of life and I don't remember the rest of my nursing career I just remember those eight weeks of being purgatory I nearly left at that point wow. and uh, My mum said, you know, you've got to have stickability, get through this, you'll be fine. So I did. But um, this is, it's it's amazing. The memories we shut away or we think we've dealt with, they just come racing back. Um, And I'm having, I suppose, unrealistic thoughts about the outcome of this, which are not helping me. I I came up with a phrase this morning, beliefs that harm and beliefs that heal and I've got this long toilet roll list of, of beliefs that I've got that are popping into my mind that are so unhelpful to me going in with a strong heart and a peaceful demeanor which will help me so much when it comes to going and having the inside of my heart either burned or frozen and that's another thing the the procedure itself feels like a violation <laughs> With an as an energy worker into my, you know, somatic experiences. I'm thinking of somebody putting putting a tube up in, you know, through my leg into my heart and then violating it, burning it, hurting it, harming it. And it almost makes me cry. So maybe you should, describe, cry.
0: you should describe yeah. a little bit what an ablation is for those yes. of us who don't, those of the audience who don't have a medical background.
1: No, that's right. Well, there, there are four chambers of the heart. I'm, I, I'm sure most of you realize there are two atria at the top two chambers at the top and two at the bottom called ventricles and the right side of the heart collects the blood from the body and it pumps it it, it falls into the right atria at the top that's where I've got my fibrillation and it drops down through valves into the right ventricle and that pumps away and sends the uh, blood into the, ve- the, um, the lungs to be oxygenated it comes back into the left atrium where I've got my Uh, flutter and it goes into the left ventricle which is the strongest chamber which then pumps blood around the aorta up to the brain and around the body to feed the cells and what they do they pass a tube from your groin or sometimes from your neck although I'm having it done in my groin all the way into the right atrium and they then using all sorts of x-ray equipment and everything else they find they set you off into fibrillation and you have to stay awake for this Um, and then they Blast the bits that are causing the excess pulses that aren't actually going anywhere, but they're just it's like having an epileptic fit in your heart, really. I suppose
0: they're sort of targeting the heart muscles, and it's yeah. almost like they cauterize it a bit.
1: Yes, they cauterize yes. it with either heat or or um, they freeze it okay. and they go all the way around. And then I can either have it done in the other leg and go into the left side, and that goes via an artery this time, or he'll make a hole in my heart between the two atria. And I think that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to pierce the, the wall between the two atria and go in that way to do the left atrium.
0: And then does he stitch it up or?
1: Well, I sincerely hope so. Otherwise I'll have a hole in my heart. <laughs> oh, you know, I know. I- I'm like, that
0: doesn't <laughs> sound good. Well, none of
1: it's, to me, it, it feels, you know, and the other thing, of course, I must say that um, I'm just starting out on my, my journey to share what I believe about our earth and how we are we are a microcosm of the macrocosm and vice versa and so all of our energy and our emotions and what we're going through is reflected in the earth and and I I was thinking to myself I have got one heart and you're going to violate it and I thought we've got one earth and we are violating it it seems such a mirror um it's good to to share It, it feels I feel quite overwhelmed by something that People just go in as a day procedure and come out the other end. It's like a conveyor belt. It's nothing to worry about perhaps, but it just shows me how powerful our emotions are and how we are in the same position as our earth. I feel powerless. I feel terror. I feel violated. I feel grief. I feel anger. I I feel frustrated. I... I have all these emotions going on inside me. I have memories. I have, I have so many thoughts. And I'm a wimp. And then I'm criticizing myself as well. You know, <laughs> thinking to myself, I don't want this son. I'm a great big coward. I'm so judgmental. And, but I, I can see why. Because I can't help the thoughts that come in. What I can do, though, is capture them and do something about them with, with the techniques that um, I plan to use. But at the moment, it's like a tidal wave. And if anyone else has a diagnosis like this and finds that they are just overwhelmed with thoughts of the future, yeah, I don't even want to tell you what I think my future is going to be like. You know, that's,
0: that's right. Because as we were talking about yesterday, part of you is like convinced you're going to either not make it off the table mm-hmm. or uh, Have make stroke. it off the table. Yeah, disabled with a stroke. Yeah. That's yeah. one part yeah. of you. And then the other part is like, OMG! What am I? What am I going to do? Because I can't work for That's months, right. or you know, for a while before and after. Not not months, but so so it's like these two warring parts. One of you is like, well, I, like I said to you, well, if, if you're convinced you're going to uh, hop off, yes, <laughs> hop. Off. <laughs> yep, check out. Then why are you so worried about the money? But it's it's because it's not logical.
1: That's right. It's not logical, and there is, you know, if you look at the statistics, you know, they say a side, one of the side effects is death, and it's it's sort of not less than one percent, but it's in big letters and it's quite bold, and you go, and it, it catches your eye because we have a negative, you know, a bias. All of us do. We have to go for, oh my God, that's a possibility. I better protect myself against that. The trouble is, this is not protecting me. It's putting me into a high state. Of stress and anxiety now Mm -hmm. i i do know how to deal with that however this is this is quite big for me it's and it's at the moment it just keeps coming in waves and i have got my work cut out i've got five weeks till i have to have it done um and i have many practical things to sort out just in case i don't make it and i'm being told by my friends how stupid i'm being because it will be fine great i didn't say you were
0: i didn't say you were stupid
1: You didn't say I was. No, but I have No, my friends are insinuating that I might be overreacting, which is fine. But I'm being honest here. My, You know, I could say, yeah, I'll be fine. But in my head, oh, no, (laughs) you know, I'm going to be disabled. I live alone. I don't have anyone to look after me. I have no children. I have, um, you know, the, the fear of being disabled and on my own. Is, I haven't even opened that one yet. I haven't been there yet. And of course, I, I am not retired yet because they've moved our pension age back to 66 in the UK. And I have another 14 months to go before I can get a government pension. They kind of shifted it from 60 to 66 in, in a whammy. So that brings up the anger that had I not had to work all these years being ill, I wouldn't be in this position now. So there's, oh, there's so much yeah. going on. Uh,
0: just a tsunami, just a yeah, tsunami. Yeah, it is, it is. And, and the reason that we're talking about this on the Climate of Joy podcast is because facing our own mortality is something that we all are faced with. This mm-hmm. is, it. it turns out none of us are getting off this planet alive. And I firmly believe that our society's absolute fear of death. There's lots of other, been a lot of other cultures uh, through the millennia and still Indigenous cultures that don't have that uh, fear of death. They have a very different worldview, but our culture's fear of death is part of the reason why we're in the terrible state that we're in. Because we deny, deny, deny that That's we right. actually aren't here forever, and That's so, right. and so we focus on things and uh, production and competition, and we don't even think about we we don't face our own death, and we don't adopt the indigenous worldview that we're here to preserve the world for seven generations what are our actions impact seven generations and we're like no we're just focusing on the here and now because death is too terrifying so while this is climate of joy and death jumping into death right away and our culture's terrible fear of death might seem a little bit of a contradiction I actually feel like it's a really really important conversation to have to be able to reclaim joy and healing and meaning in the climate emergency. So I really appreciate, Sandra, that you're being willing to come on and willing to be so honest and raw because it is very raw for you right now. Yes, And and it was yesterday as well. And you're just kind of at this point gathering your strategy, your forces uh, together. I guess I I just want to say to you, you know, that this is not something you have to do alone. You have friends and, <laughs> and supporters in the energy uh, community. Yeah. And so I want I want to be able to support you in that. So please do reach out and uh, don't you. do it on your own. This is something I know about Sandra. <laughs> she doesn't ask for help. And so uh, let's just make that clear that, that I'm here. And is there anything else you wanted to share?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that there is. A, we are made up of many parts. Um, I do NLP and we have, we have part work in that. And there are many parts of us living inside and they all have a very loud voice. Well. Apparently, some of the louder people have locked all the good people in a cupboard somewhere. And they're just the louder people who have fear and
0: everything else. This is shouting, in your, your inner crowd. You're talking. This is my inner crowd. Yeah, they,
1: they've locked the good stuff in the in the basement. But one of them crept out while the others weren't looking and and isn't afraid to die. What what the other crowd are afraid of is living with a disability, a living on my own, living without the money. Is that Mm -hmm. it it takes you right down to the self-centered, I'm the only one here separated person that the other people in the cellar who are locked in the cellar know that not to be the case. And what I want to do and why I'm doing this is to get myself back to an even balanced, harmonious body, mind, spirit, soul so that I can swan in there whatever the outcome and be have a a strong body and an accepting mind and be at peace and literally walk in in joy you know and go whatever and I'm not at that place. I know I'm not at that place but I also know from the feelings in my body that I'm not doing myself any favors at the moment and that's why I wanted to share if anybody else feels this way because they are living with something they're not looking forward to it doesn't have to be a procedure that's coming up Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything like that it can be anything that you're dreading it doesn't do your body any good to live with it find a way to find the peace uh, so that you can move forward with grace and joy and lightness and um, sometimes you know, honestly, it was like standing in the sea and a great big wave comes and whacks you from behind and then you face down and you try and get up and another one comes. Yeah. It, it's, it feels consistently bad. All I keep thinking about is more things to think about. Um, and everyone, my friends that I've spoken to, I had to tell a lot of people what was happening. They just keep saying, oh, you'll be fine. Isn't that good news? No, no, because of this and this and this. I also have to share, I have a friend, one of my ex-dancing pupils, who um, has had it done four times and it still hasn't been successful so it's no easy ride in the park and yes it's going to be successful there is a success rate but I'm not having the normal one and that that I happen to know and it seems as if all my experiences are gathering together to go do you know what this is this is let's let's give you all your muck to deal with now finally (laughs) whether you believe in astrology or not it is The middle of the eclipse season. We've had a solar eclipse. We're just coming up to a lunar eclipse on May the 5th and we're in Mercury retrograde. It is the absolute perfect time. I didn't ask for this to have all your shadow work dumped on you for you to sift through, sort out and on May the 5th dump. It just feels so synchronistic that I am being given all of this SHIT right now for me to sort through sift through and say enough already that's not a british term i think that's american (laughs) enough already is that right (laughs) i've had enough well if you say it with a british
0: accent it It becomes a british term (laughs) yes (laughs) you make it yours (laughs) i make it mine but
1: but that's that's so many things pulling together that make me go okay this is destined to be i have to work through this now i can no longer I, i i've compartmentalize my grief for my ex-husband, for my dad. Um, I, I had to to carry on with my work, my carry on with my life. I couldn't do the grief then and now I'm going to have to. And I'm going to have to deal with the fear of of this is going to happen to me. Yeah, of course it will. Um, and I'm very happy to die. I am because I I, although I don't feel I finished and I'd be very sad to go, but I won't know it. Um, I, I it's not that that scares me. It, it's coming out the other side. And that's my lower parts that are, you know, yeah. having a party. They've even got beer in, you know, they're, they're really having a party there. <laughs> so we're going to have to talk to them <laughs> one at a time, take them into a corner, pick them up,
0: you know. <laughs> Embrace them. Yes. Embrace them. Well, wow. so are you willing to share a bit of your journey uh, again? Yes, I had I, have, I <laughs> I well, will come back and share what I'm what
1: I'm coming up against if you okay. will have me back and um, also some of the the things that I'm finding which okay. are really interesting already and I've only been on it one day so wow. um, yeah ah, yes. so thank wow. you for having me on I, I if it helps anybody to know that this this is I suppose normal but my mine seems to be a completely abnormal reaction um, to something that Most people will consider a walk in the park, Um, but uh, the the fact it hit me so hard was was a a call Mm -hmm. to action for me in the work I do as well. And I can link it all together with the work I've been doing with, with how damaging stress is. You've got the stress of the condition you've got, and then you've got the stress of thinking about the condition you've got, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then our climate change work, our, our earth work—that we link ourselves to the earth—and our emotions are being mirrored by our earth, and we we need to clear them for the earth's sake, because I am no longer clear-minded. I am no longer joyous. I am I am stressed, right.
0: and so. uh, from I think both of our perspective, but certainly my perspective from my work there's a collective ancestral trauma Mm. that that emotions that are polluting our world as in the same way like energetically yes Yes, it's carbon dioxide pollution that's uh, causing the climate to destabilize but if we didn't have this trauma level this Mm. trauma blanket we wouldn't be making these suicidal choices that's the course that we're on right now well that's right
1: and then and just one i'm sorry i keep saying just one more thing i've had a pound for every time i said that i wouldn't need to work anymore would i (laughs) um the, the the fact that trauma passes its genes down to the next generation is also really important because it would just keep passing through they've proved that with holocaust victims haven't they and so we are in our own dna we are carrying trauma all of us. And this is what I feel is being awakened in me to deal with. I, mean, I, I just believe I'm on a journey to cleanse my ancestral tree of of all its collective trauma. And if if necessary, all the people that connected with my ancestral tree, because everything that comes up isn't necessarily mine in this lifetime. Yeah. It, it's coming through me to be dealt with. So I, I feel, you know, on, on one level, another of my little cellar people feels quite privileged to be able to do this but that that one's also locked away somewhere. So yeah. <laughs> She'll, be She'll, She'll be back. She'll be back, back yeah.
0: <laughs> so thank you for having um, me. Thank <laughs> you, uh, Sandra. After I uh, speak with you, I'm bringing our mutual friend Helen Grimolowski on, who's a death doula. And I thought it would be helpful for her just to address some of the issues that we've just talked about. So Thank you for that. We will touch base with you in the next five weeks as you uh, leading up to your procedure and after as well. I'm, I'm putting that on the record. Sandra's <laughs> well, going not, to be a guest <laughs> here on the podcast after two well, always
1: you can always get a Ouija
0: board, can't you, just in case I don't make <laughs> well, it? Well, <so. laughs> I'm a soul detective, so you know yes, I'm going exactly. <laughs> to track you down wherever you are. But but we're going to have you in the flesh on Zoom after June 9th. You heard it here first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Um, right. Goodbye, listeners. Bye-bye. Take care.
0: All right. So I'm so excited that my second guest today on this Climate of Joy podcast, which I is it ironically or, you know, I'm not sure exactly what uh, the right word is, uh, is looking at death. Our topic today is death, facing death, um, acknowledging that we're mortal and that we're part of this uh, natural cycle on the planet of life, death, and possibly rebirth. But we're going to focus on the death part. So I'm very excited to have as my guest, my uh, good friend, Helen Grimoloski of Blueberry Road. You can see her lovely uh, picture behind you if you're watching this on YouTube. And you are a death doula, Helen, as well as an artist, yes. and um, and just a, an all-round amazing person and good friend of mine. So why don't you fill our audience in a little bit more about what is a death doula some of them may never have heard of it they've probably heard of a birth doula
2: so let's see well I as a death doula we support people who are um, facing either life-limiting illnesses or or death but we're also supporting their families and we're not necessarily waiting till the end of life to be there to support people the idea is that we as a deaf variant society that we are in we're mm-hmm. trying to get people to start talking about things sooner so that we live better and mm. people don't equate the fact that by planning ahead we actually can relieve some stress and anxiety because we we there's so many uncertainties so we're we're wondering about well How, who's going to look after things? How will I be cared for? Where will my money go? Well, how will my legacy look? What will my legacy look like? And by going through it earlier and thinking about it while we're well is so much easier. Than waiting until we are facing a life-limiting illness or, or death or, or, or an accident. Something happens um, immediately. Like, so th- then you know that everything is in place and you've got things in order. And if you're a little bit like me, I like control. And so if I do something about it now, I'm in more control of what that might look like at my end of
0: life right of something which is ultimately out of our control exactly in a and lot we of ways have
2: a time yeah we don't know when this is going to happen or mm-hmm. how it's going to happen everyone's journey will end the way it ends we don't mm-hmm. know we can't predict per se for most people but if we plan ahead I believe we can, we can alleviate so much stress and live happier. Like, wow, I got this figured out. I've I, like, I've got this in place. It's like a, another rock left off your shoulders, a weight lifted off that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry. And I found that last year when I ended up with just a really bad cold and it knocked me flat on my butt. And I was like, I thought, oh, I'm going to do all these things while I can't move. And it's like, I didn't, to me, it was an eye opener to realize that if we wait until we are ill, and, and struggling, there is so much that we won't be able to work on ourselves, it will be left up to someone else. And what decisions do you want left to other people to make for you? I'm
0: really glad that you put it in that perspective. Because again, the idea is, Number one, we're a death-fearing society, and as I said in my conversation with Sandra earlier, I think that's one of the reasons why we've got in gotten into so much trouble, because we don't feel like we're part of that natural cycle, and you look around, and the cycle of planet Earth is life and death. That's the, the two things that are guaranteed, well, death and taxes. And so I do believe, like you just said, that to bring more joy into this life, so we're facing a climate emergency, and we're also mortal and know that we're not on this planet forever. And so by kind of facing our death and the fact that we're putting the planet in peril as well, we can make more room for joy on the journey whatever the end is. Would you say that's kind of what you'd agree with?
2: Yeah, for sure. And the other thing is, is when we, when we look, when we plan earlier and think about our values and our our wishes. So if we've got those things in our mind, then we can make decisions that are more in line with our values. So if you're someone, again, who's more about the planet and doing the best we can for for saving the planet what does that look like for you for your end of life what do you want done and and what how how would you like your body to be buried do you want burial do you want cremation and how do those all affect our planet as well and by thinking about those things ahead of time we can actually feel pretty good about it it's like well wait but we'd also have to realize that not every area accommodates those things either. But by looking at like green ahead, burials, yeah, yeah, so there's green burials, there's some really interesting stuff out there. And it's really funny, because I actually enjoy talking about this, because it's, it, it excites me to actually realize we have choices. And I think that's the other one that people don't think about. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just gonna die. And you can just do whatever. And it's like, no. No, you have choices. There are things that, again, after you've passed, there are things that you have choices about. Do you want to have a coffin that is so so commercialized and has so much toxic chemicals in it and all these extra materials? we don't have to do that. If that's not your values, you can have a pine box that is just as good if that's your choice to be buried that way. Different ways of cremation, there's there's decomposition where you can be made into compost now, not everywhere. But uh-huh. I seriously get excited about the fact that we have choices, there are things that we can plan. And, and again, I like control. So it's like, okay, well, if I want it done this way, then I need to make sure that the, my loved ones know whoever's in control of my final wishes, we need them to know what we want. And that's and the other.
0: yeah, and it's helpful to have that laid out, right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. called different things in different jurisdictions. So I, yeah. I was just sharing with Helen that After my conversation with Sandra this morning, which uh, is the earlier part of this podcast where she's really having an existential crisis kind of facing death. Not that she's necessarily not gonna make it through this procedure, but it's bringing up to the surface so many fears that she's not had uh, to deal with. Uh, Then I spent almost two hours, my husband and I, uh, talking about our wills and estate planning with a lawyer. And so this is seems to be the the theme. Um, and there's a lot of paperwork, frankly, you'd have to admit, right, like you need to, to, to plan ahead, I guess, there's always the option to not plan ahead. But that mm-hmm. leaves a big burden on the family members or loved ones who are there to look after things when you're not around. And so I don't know if you I, I want to have you back on another uh, podcast, Helen, where we really talk in in more kind of depth about what that might look like. But if people were looking for resources right now, first of all, you would tell them how to get in touch with you. And what you might offer them in this regard? And then are there any other resources that uh, they you can offer people to to reach out? I mean, obviously, if you don't have a will, that's pretty important. You need to find a lawyer and get a will. Well, and what else would you say?
2: Well, and the one thing I want to say about wills is that's the other thing. I know that it's 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 a I don't know how the right word for it. It's a deterrent. it's 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 something that people are reluctant daunting. To-
0: it's daunting
2: well it's daunting but it's also the fact that the cost can be quite mm-hmm. a lot for some people and mm-hmm. and that's sad in itself because people who feel they don't have money or a legacy to leave behind they still have things that need to be in place mm-hmm. so the the cost can be a deterrent for them to get their stuff in order and what people don't know is that there are ways to to do it without necessarily involving a lawyer Per se, you can find forms online. There's so much information out there. If you ever become incapacitated, that you can't speak for yourself, you need someone else speaking for you, and you want to be in charge of who you choose to do that and
0: for you. So once you choose them, you should probably let them know, or oh, for sure. possibly before.
2: Yes, you yes. need to ask them that that is what they w- are willing right. to do, because
0: it's, and ask it, it's them a lot. and. And tell them. Actually, this fellow, this estate lawyer we were talking to, he said, "Have a conversation. Let them make sure that they know what it is that you want medically." Exactly.
2: And then again, it's like so you have the main paperwork, but then you're going to have a side list of what you prefer. So, if you want medical medical assistance in dying, no, 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 no that's no, different. No, this no different. This like resuscitation. So- yeah. And whatever you want done for you or don't want done, if you don't want CPR done on you, things like that, then you need to have that listed. But again, depending on your age, and, and you can go back and change it. This isn't written in stone. So it's, okay. again, something that people feel too, that if I've written it down, it can't be changed. And no, it can. All of All okay. of your paperwork can be changed. So remember that. And it okay. should be looked at on a regular basis. I was surprised we hadn't
0: pulled ours out. They're 10, almost 10 years old. And it's like, yeah, we need to update a few things.
2: Yeah. And see, I just looked at ours and had a lawyer look at it. And he said it was fine. He said it, it would be just to just whatever your preferences are after that, like your will has so much in it. And then you're gonna have side papers that are going to talk about where all of your assets are and that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily have to do that part with the lawyer, like they need right. to know. You, you need
0: you want to have a checklist almost. yeah. Uh, yeah. Of, and so yeah. there
2: are advanced care plans out there. There are tons out there. So it's really just looking them up. And if you contact me, I can send a list of them. How do
0: people contact
2: you? So um, actually, my link tree. Oh, I can never get the, the other right side. side. I there know that's
0: go. always confusing.
2: <laughs> I know it messes with me all the time. So, Linktree and it's Blueberry Road E O L D is my um, Linktree um, site. End of life doula. Yep, I'm an end of life doula, and that's contact me, and I can send you a list. I and can they to. find you on
0: Facebook
2: or? Yep, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, so look up Blueberry Road, and that will get you to most of me. Perfect. Um, social Okay, and
0: do you have sorry go ahead
2: no it's just there there are so many options out there and i've been trying to create that list too and if you go on my website in my um reflections i think it's called my blog is called reflections and there's a list of books in there as well so i just did a blog lately that has a lot of books that are great information about any questions you have in that and then okay and again get the conversation started any way you can And And speaking of my campfire chat, I was just going (laughs) to say,
0: speaking of conversations, perfect segue, talk about your fireside chats.
2: So yes, I do something called a campfire chat. And if anybody knows or has heard of a deaf cafe, mine is similar, but We get on there and we just talk about life, death and grief and and not to forget that grief is part of all of this as well. So we have grief of the planet. We have grief about trying to decide what to do at our end of life as well. We have anticipatory grief. There's so many things. And so anyway, Mm -hmm. we talk about everything on there. And this is online. Online at the last Friday of every month. And you can find me on Eventbrite under Campfire Chat and Helen Grimolowski, I think it's under Blueberry Road as well I think it's
0: easier to type Blueberry Road than (laughs) Grimolowski.
2: yeah that's true and if you go to my link tree there's a a link there to the campfire chats as well so perfect a good start and and a good place to come start have the conversation yeah I so appreciate you popping
0: in kind of at last a minute notice and Lovely. yeah I'll, just a reminder that link tree a link that's on helen's well the right side when you're facing her is, <laughs> no, is where to go and of course you can also uh email me at uh, christine at climateofjoy.com if you want to find helen and you can't thank you so much we are going to have you back thanks i'd love to love to chat all well. right And thanks uh, to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you uh, dropping in and we'll catch you next time.